0: in an effort to try to keep up with food science. Sometimes I get ahead of it, sometimes I don't, sometimes I don't understand it. But in a recent study I found that scientists found that red meat causes cancer. Or did they, actually? This is a study I started looking at two or three years ago. And it's just a short summary paper that was as originally trumpeted as evidence that red meat causes cancer. But once the whole paper was analyzed, it's just not quite that black and white. In the past couple of years, unless you've been living under a rock, <laughs> you've probably seen, seen headlines like this Red meat uh, as carcinogenics, as smoking, or so they say. What happened? Just a year and a half ago, we covered, I did anyway, this kind of a It's kind of a funny, ludicrous media frenzy on high-protein diets are as dangerous as smoking. Are reporters taking some kind of wacky pill? (laughs) Or is there really something to the headlines this time? I had to look into it. It just made me a little curious. Let's begin us to understand that you have to understand just a bit about the science of red meat metabolites, is the fancy word, as well as about the epidemiology of your body, how it works. The following is just a little quickie, folks. It's a little primer. But before reading, please realize that being labeled as a carcinogen is pretty common. Not only are harmful compounds like alcohol, drinking folks, Is considered partially or potentially carcinogenic. But so are the healthy elixirs like we brag about, like aloe vera and er yerba, I think is the word, yerba mate tea. But once they're studied, the actual impact depends on the dose, what makes up the rest of your diet, and a lot of other factors. So it's just not a one, one, one situation. The connection between red meat and cancer is more complex than most articles ever suggest. It's going to take more than a couple of minutes to understand the research issues involved. I'll try to, as I do to make myself understand, try to keep it in about eighth grade English so I can follow what's going on. Sometimes that's pretty difficult when they do these scientific papers. First off, you better know exactly what red meat is. You're planning to enlighten your friends on this issue. Yeah, don't actually enlighten them unless they ask. People just hate it, folks, when you're giving them unprompted nutritional lectures. Don't ask me why, but I have noticed that. Incidentally, I have to bring up here, in case you don't know it, because it's been such a big sales pitch. Pork is not white meat. No matter what the television tells you, the meat of mammals like pigs is typically all considered to be what we call red meat. So researchers and the USDA consider pork There'll definitely be a red meat. And folks, if you've ever gathered your own wild boar, your own wild pork, your own European, and you butchered it, there would be no question about the fact just how red it is. And let me bring up one other thing. Although both fish and chicken fall under the white meat category, they're pretty darn different in nutrient content. So we can already see that the red versus white dichotomy, eh, it's a kind of a little too simplistic to rationally motivate health or poly decisions for all of us without even delving into my favorite, grass-fed meat versus cheap grain-fed meat. However, having said all that, there is something in red meat that could potentially cause cancer. That very same myoglobin we mentioned may have some unique properties, and those properties may depend on how the meat is processed and cooked. Very important. We'll get more in, in into that a little bit later on in, the, in this program. Just do remember, red meat's not all the same, and neither are white meats. Oh yeah, I already mentioned it once, I'll mention it again. Pork is not a white meat. If you're a big advocate of red meat, and I kind of am in some ways, and know something about nutrition, I pretend to know. The headlines in this subject, folks, are based on a short summary paper that refers to over 800 studies. Earlier this past month, experienced researchers met at an international agency for research in cancer. It's called IARC, which has been around a while, an arm of the World Health Organization, which I believe in, and came up with some really strong conclusions on red meat. Specifically, with regard to colorectal cancer, they classified processed red meat as group one, carcinogen, known to be carcinogenic to humans. As for regular meat, it is classified as a two A group, which is only a probable carcinogenic for most humans. Remember, group one, I'm gonna explain to you, group two is very, very different. In general, group one is bologna, salami, bait, all true processed meats, really, really, there's little doubt that they at least do have some carcinogenic properties. Just as a little addendum here to make you understand, there are a few things you should know straight right now off the bat. First. The findings were mostly referring to cancers of the colon or rectum. While colorectal cancer is very important, incidentally, you might know, maybe you don't, third leading cause of cancer in the United States, to the actual death of cancer from cancer. You can't generalize the research findings to all the other cancer types, though. What you have to kind of get a grip on is cancer is just not a monolithic condition. It's not a single condition. The researchers were mostly making conclusions that one type, colorectal cancer, is influenced especially by processed meat. Second, it's not that I didn't uh, like know this stuff already. I've been studying this 30 years. Processed red meat has been strongly linked to colorectal cancer for many years. I'll even talk to you about that a little later. Regular old unprocessed meat is more of a mixed bag in terms of evidence, but probably still has several mechanisms by which it may be a possible um, reason for an increase in cancer incidence, but not near so much as processed meats. It's kind of really funny that the media headlines of the past days have been so extreme since they're based on like a one and a half page summary I just found. The full conclusions will be disclosed sometime from the World Health Organization a few months down the road on processed meat and cancer. The currently available publication doesn't even begin to delve into the overall risk of cancer or the magnitude of the risk of different cancers. We'll just have to wait for the monograph to find out, and believe me, I'll publish it as soon as it gets out, at which point crazy media headlines, I'm sure, will once again go nuts with this uh, current news frenzy that we all seem to be living through. Having looked at this for about 20 years now, I want you to know for sure, though, this really isn't new information. It's based on studies that have been conducted over the past 10 to over 20 years. So this is more of a new framing of evidence than a presentation of new evidence, plus the paper is really not even completed and out yet. As soon as I can get my hands on the whole thing, I will be sure and let you know. Even though I really follow science, I do have to say this third. Just because the World Health Organization is a big, really big deal, doesn't mean they can't be wrong. Wrong is a strong word though. It's like saying slightly off, okay? For example, let's look at the position on salt intake. This is what got me interested because I've always studied this. Their guidelines call for less than 2,000 milligrams of salt a day despite other organizations like the United States Center for Disease Control, the CDC having updated their views based on new research. A large amount of research shows that keeping salt intake under 2,000 milligrams a day doesn't, it just doesn't have any evidence of any benefit for it. We're not sure what it does if you don't do it, but it doesn't show an evidence by lowering your numbers below that 2,000 milligrams. Matter of fact, there's some studies that may show that lowering your salt intake below that 2,000 milligram a day dosage in certain people might actually be harmful. I guess I better throw this in since I said that. That doesn't mean that eating a ton of salt via processed foods healthy, folks. It just means that obsessive salt reduction is probably not a great idea for most people. Remember, salt is an essential nutrient after all. One of the very, very rare minerals that we actually eat. And another note of caution here, because I try to do my science side, but science is not exact, folks. I remember when people were critical of Fauci, when his, science changes on a daily basis, and those people that don't change are the ones that really don't correct for what we learned in science. So expert opinion doesn't always equal fact. Major health organizations totally have disagreed on the health impact of food and nutrients, Many times before, and of course, that includes salt intake. Folks, I'm just going to come to the end here. I am not a diet guru of any kind. I collect and interpret evidence as best I can. But it's pretty clear from the evidence that eating too much red meat every day has a, at least a decent chance of increasing possible cancer risk, specifically colorectal cancer, which is what they really study. Consuming high amounts of processed red meat in particular, though, folks, bologna, salami, bacon, is really playing with fire. And strangely enough, talk about playing with fire, actually, grilling. Meat is actually really often, for instance, is also playing with fire because of the way we, quote, think we need to scorch the meat. So my method is I mix up my cooking methods. I've gotten really big on air fryers. I've gotten big on, definitely big on a thing called sous vide. I'd like to go into details with you folks that listen to me regularly about that in the next few weeks. So just mix up your cooking methods and try some gentle cooking techniques. I've learned to do it and it makes new and interesting foods. But all this being said, the evidence is mostly observational or I'm going to call it mechanistic. Due to the practical impossibility of really running multi-decade controlled trials, the increased risk of eating different amounts of red meat isn't really known on a definite, uh, on a scale yet. In this case, as in many others, and I say this about most everything I cook, moderation is usually the key. Just to tie this up, it is important to remember that just because something is shown to have carcinogenic effects, it doesn't mean it will cause cancer. An increased risk can be small or big, and while the increase seen with processed meat is at least relatively bigger, because it's avoidable, why would you do it? The risks are still nowhere near something like, for instance, smoking cigarettes on a daily basis. So think about it, does red meat cause cancer? Number one word that I use, probably more on this show than people realize, moderation. Thanks for staying tuned to Organic Matters.